Okay, let's get into our discussion of Parsha's Miketz, Tavshin Pei, as we uh, celebrate Hanukkah as well. The Parsha, uh, as usual, will be mostly related to the Parsha. Hopefully we'll, we'll have one or two thoughts about Hanukkah uh, towards the end. A scheduling note, just next week, I'm just not sure, I'm going to be traveling for the Siyam so I just don't know if there will be a Parsha Shear up. Uh, I will try at some point to, uh, to get one up, but uh, I'm not sure. Uh, just in case not, so then the we will return then Parshas Vayechi. Uh, but either way, right now, uh, Parshas Miketz is in front of us. Uh, as we mentioned last week, uh, arguably the three most exciting Parshios and the most emotional Parshios in all the Torah, Vayeshev, Miketz, and Vayigash. Uh, you know, if our uh, heartstrings aren't pulled by these Parshios, you know, then uh, we're just not reading them properly. So again, as we uh, get into Parshas Miketz, uh, the only Parsha in the Torah that ends on a cliffhanger, uh, what's going to be until next week uh, as we uh, finish up Miketz, but we'll start with the beginning. We'll start with the beginning. Remember, Yosef is in jail. Yosef is sitting in jail. He has been forgotten, as the end of the Parsha in Vayeshev said. He has been forgotten by the Sarah Mashkim. And the Sarah Ophim is no longer with us. But the Sarah Mashkim is, uh, uh, was supposed to remember him. The Parsha ended off. And then it says he was stuck there for two years before the Sarah Mashkim remembered. So the Medrash uh, picks up on that on the, that sequence, that uh, he was forgotten. And then it says it took two years. It says the Medrash, the beginning of source number one. Medrash, Rabbi Parshas Mikates. Ashrei HaGever Asher Soma Shemiftacho. The Medrash darshans a Pasuk in Tehillim that talks about Bitachon. Praised is the person that puts Hashem as his Bitachon, as much Bitachon HaGadosh Baruch Hu. Ze Yosef. Yosef HaTzadik is the man of Bitachon. The next line of the Medrash, quoting the next part of the Pasuk, V'lo Panel Rahavim. Because he said to the Saramashkim, Ki im Zachartani Kartani, please remember me. Remember that I am um, interpreting your dream. You know, if something good happens, you know, help me out. Because he did that, he was stuck in jail for two more years. Because the measure seems to imply in the second line that it was inappropriate Hishtablus. Yosef should have relied on Hashem. What, you, you're trying to get yourself remembered? Kodesh uh, Baruch will take care of you. Don't worry about it. You don't have to ask the Sarah Mashkim to help you out and get you out of jail. And the question that many of the may ask is that there's a steer in Bnei in the Medrash. Was Yosef a Baal Bitachon or was Yosef not a Baal Bitachon? The first line of the Medrash says, Ashrei Gever praises Yosef HaTzadik. Asher Sam Hashem Iftacho. He is the man that's known as Bitachon. Right? We mentioned in the past that even the word Da'aga, one of my Rebbeim once said, Da'aga in it has Aleph and Gimel and Dalet and Hey. There's no base there. There's no bita- base for Bitachon. If we had Bitachon, we wouldn't have Da'aga. We wouldn't have worry. But Yosef was known as the man of Bitachon. Ash- and then the very next line of the Medrash, Darshan's from the second half of the Pasuk, that oh, Yosef didn't have proper Bitachon. Too much Ishtavos. You shouldn't have asked the Saramashkim. Stay in jail. Hashem will help you out. Right? We might say for Yosef, you know, the, pot, the simple, everyone asks, this was so bad. You know, just asking, you know what? You know, just remember me. That was too much Ishtavos. That was too far. He should have relied on Kodesh Baruch Hu. Kind of sounds like the, you know, I sent you a helicopter. I sent you a boat. Kodesh Bar- it sounds like I, he's just doing a little bit. So what exactly? How do you put the two lines of the Medrash together? So says the Beis Halevi, which we might have mentioned a number of years ago as well, but here, uh, here it is inside. Let me explain, really, the two sides of the Medrash fit together, and the first line of the Medrash is really the background for the second line of the Medrash. And the second line of the Medrash wouldn't be true and wouldn't be understandable if we didn't have the first line of the Medrash. How so? 
The Torah allows us to do Ishtablus. You know, we might have said that, who is a person to do Ishtablus? You know, if Hashem wants to give me money, I'll sit in my living room and money will fly through the window. Right? If Hashem wants me to get better, I'll get better. Hashem wants me to, to do something. So, but the Torah allows Ishtablus. The Torah wants us to be involved. As the Pasuk says, I will bless everything that you do. Meaning you're doing something. What do we say in Shema? Right? Whether it was an ideal or not, whether it was a curse or not, right? So you might say, okay, it's a bit of existence. But Lamaisa, that's existence. We live in a post-Chet Adam and Chava world for, for the very long time. Right? For 5,780 years, we've lived in that world. But, says the Beis HaLevi, that's the Messias. The reality is that we are supposed to be involved in the world. And then he quotes the Gemara in the Brachas and Daf Lamed Hey, Han Heg Bohem Minag So, Hishtabus is something that Hashem approves of. So, what's the issue here? The balance. The Iker Ha'inyan, what is life about? Life, when we get to the state of state, stage of our lives, when we support our families, this is the secret of life, finding the balance, as we know, as many firm talk about, between bitachon and ishtablus. How much do I do and how much do I trust that God will do for me? That's, that's, a, that's ch- tricky. Because right, they say the Chavetz Chaim used to have a store, and whenever he had enough money to buy supper... Then he closed the store. That's it. Just leave it open. It's like, no, I'm taking money away from the other storekeepers. Everybody's going to come to me. I have enough what I need. I'm closing my store. This was this is my ishtavlis. Done. The rest is for everybody else. That was the Chavetz Chaim. So really, that's the balance of life. Iker Inyan, on line 11. In general, for most of us, for 99.9% of our nation, there is a ishtavlis that is appropriate, and we have to act and we have to keep going until we feel that this is enough. Who's on the level of having complete bitachon? Like, do, would we really believe it if we sat at home waiting for money to fly through the window? Do we really believe that inside? Ain't old Melvado, if Hashem wants me to eat, he'll send me food? We're not on that level. Most people aren't on that level. No, we know that we have to work for a living and we have to make make uh, make you know make food, money in order to buy food. Because we're not on such an unbelievable level, so that's why Ishtablis is allowed. So hopefully I will be involved. And once I'm involved, though, the hope is to recognize at a certain point, I'm going to do this much. And then Hashem meets me halfway. We should always act, even if it's not the ideal, and hopefully one day get to an even higher level. Like we know, the Gemara tells us in a few places, right? He quotes it from Sachem Dafnun. Is Shalolishma the greatest? No. But hopefully it'll lead to something greater, higher levels, once we get used to it. So, so too with Ishtablus. Ishtablus is allowed because that's the level that we're on. But hopefully over time, we'll be able to, so to speak, move the, move the, the point of, of balance, move it downfield. So we'll be able to have more bitachon and less Ishtablus, and more bitachon and less Ishtablus. 
because the balance is there for each person in the world. Where the marker is, that depends on each person. Depends on each person. You know, sometimes, but the balance, the, the, the goal is to not go overboard wherever our point is. Everyone according to their level. If somebody has foolish toddlers with a little bit of malachas, and then that's it. Then he should spend his day involved in spiritual pursuits. Right? Even the Rambam, the Rambam says, no, it is not, not so long ago, 800 years ago, the Rambam writes, you know, for, for, you know, the, the people who learn all day, great, but if you have to go to works and you only have nine hours a day to learn, so then this is what you shall learn. So that was the Balabas in the Rambam's day. Right? They learned for nine hours. Right now, this Katnu Adoro, so now the people who learn all day, Hopefully learn for nine hours. But says the says the Beis Halevi, There's more heter. There's more heter. So now we return to the Medrash. The Medrash tells us in the first line that Yosef was super bitachon man. Yosef had that bitachon. We don't find Yosef on the way down in the caravan with the Arabs complaining about anything. We never find a word of complaint. We never find even lahavdil. Again, Lahavdil, but the Torah quotes how Yaakov Avinu expressed, him, expressed his words to Paro. We're not saying Chas v'shalom, that Yosef was greater than Yaakov. We're not comparing. But we'll just give an example. That Yaakov says, right, Ma'at v'royim. Yosef, we don't find any word. He's in jail, right? Eshes Potiphar. Hashem, 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 Hashem. Everything's Hashem. Everything is Hashem will answer the dreams. And Hashem's in charge. And everything is HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So Yosef, that's the first line of the Medrash. He was an unbelievable Baal Bitachon. So that is why, on his level, any Hishtalus would be inappropriate. Because look who he is. Ashrei HaGever, David HaMelech, when he talks about a Baal Hishtalus, it's, it's Yosef. Hashem's going to take care of you. The Saramashkin will work it out. You don't have to ask him. Again, this is not normative practice, that we're supposed to not do anything. But for Yosef, this is what he was about. And the message for us is... The more we could work on our bitachon, the more we could be comfortable with what we have and what we do. Middle column on the top. Yosef It's nothing. He just says a word, right? What is he doing? But for Yosef Atzadik, that was too much. That was it. But it's only too much because we realize line one of the Medrash, which then expresses and gives us background to line two of the Medrash. Skipping down. He was so great. Sometimes when you say something negative, it's really a reflection of his godless. Right? He did too much ishtablus, so up. You know, that reflects how much Bitochen it was. Just to give a mushal, Ma'adavadoma, a number of times in Shas, I think it's Rav Sheshes. Rav says a statement, and Rav Sheshes says, Kinayim v'shoch of Rav Rav must have been sleeping when he said this. And everybody says, ah, what kind of insult is that, Rav Sheshes to Rav? What kind of insult? So the Chavos Yar has a tshuva where he goes through all of the insults in Shas, how he explains they're not really insults. But but one of the one of the pshatim, I think that he gives and others give, is that no, Rav Sheshis was saying that Rav was so unbelievable. I can't accept that that he said this when he was fully aware. It must be that he never sleeps. He learns all day. So at some point when he was dozing a little bit, this came out. But because not an insult, but it's like because of his godless, this can't be. Because of his godless. There are other pshatim as well. 
you know, that maybe he was saying it when he was sleeping, and I can't even, I can't even understand what he learns when he's sleeping when I'm awake, because like they say, Bishem the Arizal, he learns a lot when he was sleeping. Okay, but either way, that's the godless of Yosef is why this became, uh, this became a problem. But that's the message from Yosef and the message for uh, for us, and we even see that in in halacha. This idea of the ba- of the balance between Bitochan and Nishtalis. Right? Many are familiar with the Machlokas between Shammai and Hillel, beginning of the second parakam Zechas Beitza, Daft Tezayin. How are we supposed to prepare for Shabbos? We paskin, unusually, like Shammai. Right? What is the Gemara? Um, oh, actually, let's, uh, let's, we'll get back to that. Tanya, Amr Allah, Shammai Azakin, Kol Yama Vayochel, Kavit Shabbos, Tezayin and Aleph. Shammai, every day of the week, he thought of Shabbos. If he found a Behemino in the street, he said, Oh, I'm going to save this for Shabbos. And then on the next day, he found the nicer behemoth. Oh, he eats the first one, he saves the second one. That's what we do. Oh, L'Shabbos, L'Shabbos. Hillel, excuse me, Hillel said, no, call my soul L'Shem Shemayim. What does that mean? The Gemara explains, the Rashi explains. He found the nice animal on Tuesday. He says, I'm going to eat this because I know Hashem's going to give me an even nicer animal tomorrow. And then on Wednesday, I'm going to... So we pass him like Shammai. Because we're not on Hillel's level. But again, that's the balance. Hillel was on that level. You know what? I'm going to eat this because I have... He's going to give me something else. Hashem's going to take care of me. This is Hillel, who had no money, who went on top of the uh, the base manager, shop uh, Yumalamet Hay, right, to listen in. He didn't even have a tarp to get into the base manager. The same Hillel, right? But he had the bitachon. But even there, we see Shammai and Hillel in terms of in terms of the bitachon. Okay, let's get us started. Now let's get into into the actual story. So Vayimikachin Asayim Yamim, two years Ufaro Cholim. So usually we translate the, the that phrase. And Pyro had a dream. Pyro had a dream. Let's translate it literally. Ufaro cholem. Cholem is lashon hove, right? Pyro was dreaming. Doesn't say uparo cholam, right? The nikudos that we have is uparo cholem, right? Present. He's still dreaming. Cholem. Maybe it's maybe the pastures is that. Because the Torah is about to tell us about his dream. So he was dreaming. It was the present tense when he was having the dream. Ufaro cholem. And then, you know, the Torah tells us the dream that he had. And then he woke up, etc. Okay, that's maybe the Pshuto Shalmikra. The Zayim Torah, Rav Saratskin has another pshat. Top left. Ufaro cholem vinei omed ala ya'or. Cholem, cholam lo namar ala cholem b'cholam. Bahu cholem tamid. Bahu cholem. You know what this pasuk is? Paro was a dreamer, but not in the positive sense of a dreamer, as Bethesham will have later in this year. He lived in an imaginary dream world. Uparo cholem. Paro lived in an imaginary world. Let me just ask a question before we continue this. You could ask this before, but a question that's asked by many. We know the Medrash tells us that Paro told his dreams over to a number of his advisors, and they all gave him different shatim. Oh, seven years, yeah, you're going to have seven daughters, then they're all going to die. and that, All these different shatim, and he didn't like any of the shatim. Until Yosef came along. Yosef's like, oh, wow. That's, that's, that's amazing wisdom. And all the Mepharshim asked, what was the difference? It was a different shot, a different pitaron, but why did Paro connect with Yosef's interpretation more than any of his advisors? They all came up with creative suggestions. So this is going to answer that as well. So Paro Cholem. Paro was a dreamer. What does that mean? Kol Yamav Hu Chalom Aruch. Paro's whole life was one long dream slash imagination. What was his dream? His dream was he was God. 
He really believed that. He was the man, capital M, right? Even though he went to the bathroom in private every morning, trying to hide that from everybody, but he convinced himself that that was it. Even the God of the Nile, he created the Nile. I'm the, I, I, it's all me. Omer al yar. Harishom is kaimen al elohayim. Him al mala filam elohayim. Hanukudah merkazipa olam. What is the, what does the world revolve around? Me. Everything is me. I am the center of the entire existence of the entire world. Harasha, hersheva, herich, shehubar et alokav. Right? The pasuk in Yecheskel talking about paro. Li yaori vani asitani. To me is the Nile. And everybody in his kingdom, it was all about him serving him. Fascinating ha'ara he has here. Right? We know, Sarah Mashkim, Sarah Ha'ofim, Sarah Tapachim. Right? Those are the three Sarah that we have here. Right? The, the, the baker and the wine pourer and the, and the butcher. Sarah, Sarah Tapachim. Isn't it interesting? Most of the time when you have a country, you have like, Sarah Chutz, Sarah Pnim, the, the uh, Minister of Foreign Affairs, and the Minister of Inter- the Interior Ministry, and the Minister of Defense. But there's ministers that are for, on behalf of the nation. All the ministers in Paro's cabinet were on behalf of him. They're all about him. This is the minister of pouring me wine. This is the minister of baking my bread. This is the minister of shechting my cattle. It's pretty an amazing ha'ara. These are the sarim that existed in the Mitzrayim. Because that's what Mitzrayim was about. And maybe he wasn't alone. Maybe all kings in that time period in history believed in themselves so much. His nation was there to serve him below Lehefech. And then he quotes this point. There were no ministers of anything except to serve him. Amazing. They're all there to serve him. Skipping. His private life. And you know what? The whole nation followed along. The whole nation believed it. Fell for it. They couldn't think otherwise. There was no reality outside of Mitzrayim that they knew. They recognized this was it. This was the, the ultimate, the sea, the, the high point of civilization and everything. And that's why in the interpretations of the dreams, it was all about you, Paro. You will have seven daughters and they will die. You this and you that. And Paro, he, they're there to serve him. And if this is a message that I'm getting from some outer source and it's about me and it's negative, it... It didn't sit well with him. You're going to conquer seven countries and then they're going to conquer you. And, and Paro didn't, didn't connect to that until Yosef. Until Yosef came along and it had to be Rev Saratskin, a Jew. It had to be a Jew who gave Paro the message that not all of life is about you and the world doesn't revolve around you. And what does Yosef say? This is about your nation. There's going to be a famine and everybody's going to die unless you do something for them. And that's a Chiddush Gadol. And, pa- and Paro never saw the world like this. 
And power never realized that somebody in power or authority is meant to be there for them. It's not about all of them being there for him. And that was the Chiddush of Yosef's Pitaron. He was saying, you have to do something, Paro. This also answers the other question. Maybe I should have asked this at the beginning. The other question, of, as we know, you know, after Yosef gives the interpretation and he says, and Paro, you better appoint somebody really wise to be in charge of this. And all, everybody asks, who, who asked you, Yosef? Paro said, interpret the dream. Nobody asked you for your editorial comments of, and by the way, you know, <clears throat> you know, appoint somebody very wise. Who asked you? He's interpret the dream. And the answer is because this is part of the message of the dream. Paro, it's not about you. You, and if you can't deal with it, then you have to appoint someone who could think out of the box of Mitzrayim. Someone who didn't grow up only thinking that you're the God. You need somebody like that in order to be able to act on behalf of the Am. Because you surely do not have the experience in this area. Middle of the, on the bottom now, in the middle. Vesapitarom Yosef, in presenting this interpretation, he showed that he had a different perspective. He showed that there's a higher power than Paro that's in charge of everything. God's about taking care of the Am. He's the greatest king. So he's allowing you to be the tool to take care of them. And that's the message that he had to learn. And again, it didn't mean that he's going to become nice and like, you know, realize he has to let the Jews out and recognize God totally. But at least this was a message different than he's ever heard and it resonated with him. And that is why he accepted this interpretation. Not to do everything for himself. The shepherd is about shepherding a sheep, not shepherding himself. Turning over now, source number three. And that is why uh, Yosef says, right, you need to do this. You need to take care of the Am. And that's what he did. And that's why he liked, he accepted Yosef. He saw it was something different. He realized this was a message from without, not Stam. He's thinking about having a bad dream. That's why he couldn't understand it. Because if it's about me, it doesn't make sense. And that's why he does this and he warns him and Yosef uh, Paro realizes that this is something that he has to do. A similar answer, but not exactly the same as found in the Simon Labanim, Rav Kashtiel, in source number four. This is the first part of a larger piece that he has. In source number four, he also discusses the difference between the Egyptians' interpretations and Yosef's. And again, what was the, well, the Zion Latara said, well, there's a difference between Yosef, uh, between the, the Hashkafa of, it's all about me, versus, uh, it's all about the Am. So he has a different Tapshat, but again, a parallel. And that is, Ba'osanayamim, line 11, after he quotes the question, You know what was so hard? The other interpretations didn't really fit in. But you know what was so hard for them? Because Mitzrayim was the most stable economy in the entire world at that time. It wasn't in the realm of possibility to think that there would be a famine. Even if the interpreters, and we assume like the Estagnidim had certain powers of interpretation, 
So let's say they saw this famine in their minds, but they couldn't accept that as reality. No way. We have the Nile. The Nile is our source. We don't need rain. We have everything we need. Right? Bread was created in Mitzrayim. Right? They say, some sources say. So why? Because the Nile, there was never a shortage. So let's say they would have seen Yosef's interpretation in the, in the stars, in the clouds. They couldn't say it. And they couldn't say it, Parasaur right through them. But they couldn't say it because they couldn't accept a reality outside of the one that they saw right now. The Nile River flowed without stopping. That was the, the that was the uh, you know, the agriculture and and merchants and business. This was the center of the world. There was never a chash of any type of shortage. This was the koach. Right, this was the Koach Mitzrayim, the Ya'ar. And out of the Ya'ar are going to come fat cows and skinny cows and a symbol of famine from the Ya'ar? That can't be. That's impossible. Zumitzias built in it fesses be Mitzrayim. It can't be. And also the Chaloma Sheni. Efsharutz Kokach Muzarash, Achartubay Mitzrayim, Chachamecha, Lomalim al Daitam. It can't be that something like that's going to happen in Mitzrayim. And therefore, even though that's the most common. Right, we have sheaths, and the sheaths get ruined. I mean, that sounds like no food, right? That would be the push up shot. But they can't accept that because there's always going to be food in Mitzrayim. There's always, there's just plenty. Lefeta, all of a sudden, niskar saramashkim, sheamishu shetiltov ahutziyosomi akivonam achshavtishalo. All of a sudden, saramashkim remembers there was somebody who was able to see beyond the reality in jail. They're both sitting there in jail. What did Yosef say? about both of them. The reality, they've been sitting in jail for years. And all of a sudden, Yosef could say, I see your dream is telling you something outside of this reality. That's what the Saramashkim said. Oh, now I remember. Now I remember there was somebody. And that's why Paro, when he heard it, all of a sudden he's like, whoa, that's, that's not reality, but that's why he connected to it. Because that was the push-up shot of the dream. Right? Cows also symbolize food. Right? He realizes there's a higher force. And There was no one in the whole kingdom who could see outside of reality like Yosef could. Because Yosef came from a different place and from a different zone. And that's why he was Zochet to be able to give the proper advice to, to Paro. Okay. Moving right along. So we have the, Yosef is all of a sudden catapulted up to uh, prime minister, going from jail to prime minister in a very short time. And the Sukkim described how there was seven years of uh, plenty, seven years, two years of uh, famine. And later on in Perak Membeis, Pasik Chaf Aleph. So now we're up to the brothers. The brothers, brothers come down to Mitzrayim once, they go back, Yosef recognizes them. We've discussed many times in past years about Yosef's behavior here, the Ramban, the Abarbanel, Rav Hirsch, all the different Shatim, why Yosef did not reveal himself to his brothers right away. Uh, and towards the end there, the uh, brothers say, the brothers start doing uh, vidui. Start doing vidui. Right? After Yosef says to them, if it's true that you have another brother, then I'm keeping Shimon, bring me the other one. Bring me the youngest. 
we've also quoted in the past. It's like, we think like Binyam is like a baby. Like, Binyam, yeah, bring a little Binyam as a baby. He was about 30 years old. But it wasn't, uh, we think of Binyam, Binyam didn't say a word in the whole story. Think like he's, uh, like, a, where's his knapsack? Yeah, take it, oh, it's in his knapsack. He's, he's, a, he's a grown man. We don't think about it always. Fascinating. Anyway, but says, Yosef, bring me your younger brother. Vayomer ishalachiv. The brothers say to each other, Pasach Havalaf, Aval ashimim anachnu. We're guilty. Ashimim anachnu. Al achinu, not for now, but why ashimim and not chataim anachnu? Difference between a carbon asham and a carbon chatas. Interesting. Not for now. Aval ashimim anachnu al achinu. On our brother. What should the next phrase say? That we sold our brother. What does it say? We heard him begging us. And we were achzarim. We don't listen to his cries. So does that just mean we sold him? Could have used a different phrase. More straightforward. That we sold him. Why did we sell him for? It doesn't say that in the Pasuk. It says that we had tsaris. Right, he lists, he screamed, and we didn't listen to his cries. Ra'inu tsaras nafsho. Pehizchanen o'eleinu. He pleaded with us. Velo shamanu, we didn't listen. Alkane, that's why this Sarah is happening. What Sarah? They want another brother. And then we're going to have to give Binyamin. That's why this is happening. So he asked Arachayim HaKadosh. First of all, what's the aval? Aval is like emphasizing. Right, Rashi quotes aval sometimes means be'emes. It's true. Okay, but... What is it about this statement? And the more obvious question is the Arachayim HaKadosh, source number five, why didn't they say the chait of selling of a brother? That's the chait. Source number five. He says, Hamatagim Amar Bakushta, Unkelis, Od Lame Rihulashin Lomarsha Rainu, Velo Amru Stam. Just say Stam, that we sold our brother. Shemachanushu, Tachlis Avon. See, it's two suggestions. Two suggestions what the brothers thought of as they introspected and try to figure out why life is becoming very difficult for them. He was the shift, he was with the shift ka. So they figured it had to do with Yosef. But which part of the story? Which part of the story? Says the Arachayim, the selling, obviously they did wrong, but they did not attribute this tsara right now to the selling. Right? Maybe later on, maybe other parts, but this sorrow they didn't attribute. Why not? Two ideas, says the Arachayim. V'ulai, line five. Sh'dizkabnu lomar lios, sh'dizkabnu batam tzarazu, imu bishvil machar Yosef. If it's for selling Yosef, that can't be for two reasons. V'dachu tamzeh, v'imashikazavti lamala, what I wrote earlier, I didn't give it to you, but the Arachayim, like many other mafarshim, give a halachic basis for the brothers being able to sell Yosef. He was a rodev, he was uh, this, he was that, he was Lashon Hara. You know, he was, uh, saw the, uh, the Arachayim himself earlier. Talks about he was an aide Zomeim, because he's telling, saying they did all these Averas of Abraham and Achai and all these other ones, and he's making up, and he was a false aide, and, and uh, Ben Noach is Chayim Misa for every Avera. Okay, this is all halachic, you know, uh, creativity that many Mepharshim use. But Lamaisa, they didn't attribute to the sale. Okay, maybe it's because the pain they've caused their father. Right? 22 years. And look at their father sitting in a velus for 22 years. Maybe that's why they're getting punished for a violation of Kibbut of Aim. Says the Gemara, says the Archaim Adarab, but that can't be this. Why? Because what's this? This is even more tsaras for Yaakov. 
he's losing more kids. Shimon, Binyamin. So that can't be, this is a punishment for our putting our father in pain. And what's our punishment? Giving him more pain? That can't be. Yosef lo machov. He's not going to punish us and by giving Yaakov more pain. So they said it must be with all their halachic basis, they should have had Rachmanus. They should have had Rachmanus on their brother. After all is said and done, with all your explanations, when it comes to Benad al-Machavero, you can't do that. I didn't give it to you, but there are many other examples in Tanakh about Benad al-Machavero, you don't fool around. Even with the greatest of intentions, right, Chazal pick up on Penina and Chana. Chayesh talks about this. Right, according to Chazal, right, Penina had a bunch of, a lot of kids, and Chana had none, and Penina made fun of Chana that she didn't have kids in order to make her more in pain, in order that Chana Davids even harder, and then she'll have a child. So Penina had L'shem Shamayim, and yet she lost her kids. Because when it comes to Ben Adam we don't play around. We don't do cheshbonos when it comes to putting another fellow Jew in pain. So the brothers thought to themselves, okay, we could have sold this and that. Right, he asked for Rachmanus, and we didn't listen. When a fellow Jew asks for Rachmanus, you know, there's this, our ear has to be open. Our ear has to be open. Number one. Number two, second approach, says the Arachayim HaKadosh. Another reason why they realized it couldn't be the sale. Maybe that's more Pashat in the, in the Psukim. Leo Shero Kulam Yachad Bola Mishmar. Chashu B'dayitam Bishalmi Ara. V'leo Shemachar Yosef. Yosef, that can't be why. Ruvain's here. Ruvain didn't sell him. Reuven wasn't there, right? The Pasuk says, Reuven came back to the pit and he's like, where's my brother? Where was he? Okay, different Shatim, doing tshuva. It was his day to take care of his father. Whatever it is, but Reuven clearly was not there when they sold Yosef. So this Sarah can't be because of the sale. What was Reuven there for? When Yosef was pleading for his life before getting thrown into the pit. Reuven threw him into the pit. That was his idea, throwing him into the pit. So that... Is the problem? Liosha Machar Yosef Ayala Ospein in Am Shabolit Los Bomas Ostira Right Ruve Nitvas Asherinu Tzaras Nafsho Kisharatz Loshloch Yadbo B'Davar Zeh Hayeruvein Shave Imahim Hahu Ruve was equal with them in that element Hashlicho To Abar Throw him into the pit and that's why the pasuk says here Right B'Shanayim Loshamanu Akin Ba Elenu All of us Hatzara Hazos. So for two svaras, the Arachayim explains why they focused on the lack of Rachmanus instead of the sale, either because they had every halachic basis for it, or Reuven was there, and therefore they felt that it can't um, that it can't be. Okay, there is uh, before we get to real Hanukkah uh, stuff, but uh, there is uh, something that's found in the Chashuki Chemen on Hanukkah. Has to do with this week's parsha. Then we'll get to one more thing on the on the, on the parsha as well. Rav, uh, source number six. You look in. Um, the Chashuke, what I, I wrote, the, the Chashuke Chemen, Yan Chanukah, he has the following story about the Marsham. Marsham, one of the greats from a couple hundred years ago. The Marsham, one night of Sukkot. One night of Sukkot, once we're talking about dreams, we'll talk about a dream of one of the Achronim. We mentioned last week that only in Sefer Bracious are there dreams in the Torah. And there are many. 
There are no dreams in the rest of the Torah. Uh, but uh, the Marsham once had a dream on Sukkot. He was called to the Bezdin Shalmala to be a Dayan. Right, you and I don't have dreams like this. But, you know, maybe if we would be one of the greatest uh, Gdole Ador of the generation, then people would be interested in, uh, the Malachim would be interested, interested in our Deya. But the Marsham was called, There was a t- uh, person who did a type of Avera. But there's a Machlokas in the Poskim. There was a Machlokas about whether he's Chayev Misa on this or not. <laughs> and there were powers, there was Midas Arachamim, there was Midas Adin. The son of the Marsham writes this in the Hakdama to the Sefer. And there was a machlokes, where you have a machlokes between the poskim about a din, misa, b'day shamayim, you go the chumrah, l'kula. Suffolk, d'arais, l'chumrah, but this is suffolk, b'day shamayim. You know, what do you do? So in his dream, they called him to give, you know, what, what do you think your daya is? And the satan was banging, and he says, there's a kesef mishnah that says l'kula. Kesef Mishnah says Lakula. They said the Kesef Mishnah said Lakula. Beersef Kaira said Lakula. Okay, Lakula. And he woke up. He's like, what Kesef Mishnah is there? He's like, there's a Kesef Mishnah that's Lakula, and he starts searching and searching, and he found the Kesef Mishnah. He found the Kesef Mishnah. Found the Kesef Mishnah. It's in Suli Mukdash and Perak Tzayin Alachates. That's the story. Says the son of the Marsham. There's nothing that's not marumas in the Torah. Every single thing that happens in life, in the history of the world, is marumas in the Torah. That's what the Gra says. Kol olam, miyom shenivra ad olam, remuzim batorah. Whatever's going to happen today was, is ready marumas in the Torah. We just don't know how to read the Torah on all the depth, deep, deep levels. So he says, where is that story about my father, marumas, in the Torah? Where is the marumas? So he quotes as a pasuk in this week's parsha. If you look in Mem Gimel, Yudbez, when Yaakov is telling the brothers, fine, you could go down. You better be, 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 uh, be careful with Binyamin. The Kesef Mishnah, Take the Kesef Mishnah with you, the double portion. Kesef Mishnah, keep reading. And Hashem will show Rachmanus. Take the Kesef Mishnah, and Hashem will show Rachmanus. Says the Ben Amarsham, that's where the dream of my father is Marumaz in the Torah, it's the Kesef Mishnah, and the, and the dreams. Okay. Interesting. Final point on the Parsha, and then we'll get to some uh, Inyane Hanukkah. Rabbi uh, Jonathan Sachs, in his uh, book, Safer Lessons in Leadership, where, as we mentioned, he talks about leadership on every Parsha. Where do you see messages about leadership in every Parsha? So he talks about Yosef, obviously, in this week's Parsha. And Rabbi Sachs writes that what made, I mean, what, what allowed Yosef to go from prisoner to prime minister in a moment? That fateful Rosh Hashanah. All of a sudden, how did he do it? What was the root mida of Yosef that we can learn from? Yosef at Sadiq. See, he quotes, Yosef had three gifts of leadership, that sometimes leaders have one or two, but often not all three. But to be a fully successful leader, one requires all three of these elements. Number one, Yosef had dreams. Yosef dreamed dreams. Initially, he writes, 
When Yosef first had his dreams, we don't know, like, if these were just, as he calls them, adolescent dreams of his brother's she's bowing down to his and of the sun, the moon. Are they uh, just, you know, young young and, and foolish? Or are these a genuine presentiment of future greatness? Or overactive imagination of a spoiled child with delusions of grandeur? Okay, which is it? You don't know when he's 17 years old. Only in Parshas Miketz, where Yosef doesn't say a word to his brothers. And, right, he, what does the Ramban say? He wanted to make sure his dreams are fulfilled. What do you mean? Because he knew they weren't just dreams. But Yosef had dreams. To be a leader, one has to have dreams. Number two, not only does one have to have dreams, one has to interpret the dreams of others and help other people out with their dreams, right? The butler, the baker, and Paro, right? He had to focus on others and realize that he's not the only one that has dreams. Other people also have dreams. That's the second element of a true leader. Number one, to dream the impossible. If we don't have dreams, we're never going to get anywhere. We'll have to shoot for the stars. And number two, we have to interpret other people's dreams. And that's what Yosef's did. But finally, the third element. Not only does he dream, not only does he interpret other people's dreams. Number three, he works and he perseveres in order to implement and make his dreams reality. And not just to say, it's a dream and leave it at that. He takes the steps in order to solve problems of the world through his dreams. And that's obviously what he does. And he does that for others too, with Yosef, with Paro's dreams. What does he say? He doesn't just say, you know, the famine. He says, and this is what you should do. And he gives the advice. And Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Sachs then goes through each of these. We have seen Yosef, the brilliant administrator, before. It was this gift demonstrated precisely the right time that led to his appointment. So from Yosef, therefore, line 27, three principles. Number one, never be afraid to let your imagination soar. When people come to me for advice about leadership, I tell them to give themselves the time and space and imagination to dream. In dreams, we discover our passion, and following our passion is the best way to live a rewarding life. He says, there are people who spend months planning a holiday, but not even a day planning a life. That's a powerful line. How long do we spend spend planning our life? We spend so much time planning stuff to do. But what about our real goals in life? What about where I want to be in five years from now in my davening? How do I want to daven in five years from now? How do I want my family to look in 10 years from now? what, What can I do? Again, there's a lot that's out of our control. But whatever's in our control, planning and dreaming, that's number one. He quotes a story. He says, he heard a story from Elie Wiesel. He says there was a time when Freud and Herzl were in the same district in Vienna. And we, Elie Wiesel said, fortunately, they never met. Could you imagine what would have happened had they met? Herzl would have said, I have a dream of a Jewish state. Freud would have said, tell me, Herzl, how long have you had this dream? Please lie down on the couch. Let me talk about your dream and explain to you the problems and get this silly dream out of your, out of your mind. Fortunately, the Jewish people, that uh, meeting between Herzl and Freud never occurred. But either way, number one, dreams. Number two, he says, 
interpret other people's dreams. Recognize that other people have a dream. Only Rabbi Sachs then quotes Martin Luther King, the famous I had a dream, but he was interested in bringing the dream to, to others as well. Others. And number three, to help the dream come to fruition. This is a thought he, we've quoted many years ago. I think it's in the Sefer also from the Kutzker. Where the Kutzker writes in Parshas Yisro. Parshas Yisro. Why is Parshas Yisro called Yisro? Because there's a, there's a section in the Torah that's because of Yisro. Right? What's that section? You know, Moshe, you have to appoint judges to help you out. Right? Appoint judges. Ask the Kutzker, if you look at Parshas Yisro, Yisro's words start for Pesukim before that. Before Viata Techse. Before this is what you should do. Why doesn't it start with the beginning of Yosef's Yisro's words? You're going to get worn out. It's going to be terrible. And this is what you should do, says the Kutzker. The Galus of a Yisro was not that he pointed out what was wrong. Everybody could point out what's wrong. Everybody in the back of the shul can say, this is a problem and that's a problem and this is what should, this is, this is, this is that. But it takes a Yisro to say, and this is what you should do. It takes a Yisro to give a constructive idea about how to solve the problem. Fiat Moshe, this is what you should do to solve the problem. And that is what Yosef did. This is a, oh, there's going to be a famine. Do this to solve the problem, to prevent the problem. Good leaders are or surround themselves with problem solvers. It's easy to see what's going wrong. Right, you have to make it right, and that's what we learned from Yosef. Number one, to dream. Number two, to also include other people's dreams, and number three, to make sure that we do what we can to carry out and fulfill our dreams. Okay, let's end off with two thoughts related to Inyane Chanukah, as we have Shabbos Chanukah this week. Baruch Hashem. First thought is just a small one-liner, so to speak, and that's found in the Halakhah Falibuv. Rabbi Shur on Hanukkah, he quotes this from Rabbi Moshe Leib Misasov, who quotes, as we know, the Gemara tells us that we have to light near his Hanukkah, mm-hmm. until there's nobody's walking around outside anymore. So I never thought about this. Why is it a tichla regal menashuk and not a tichla raglayim menashuk? People have two feet. Tichla raglayim menashuk. They ask a similar question by Maris Ayan. Why isn't it Maris Ainayim? Maris Ayin. Okay, we discussed that in the past. Maybe people aren't looking so closely. So that's why it's called Maris Ayin. If they look closely with Ainayim, they wouldn't see, you know, they would realize it. It wouldn't be Maris Ainayim. But anyway, here, what about Tichla Regal Manashuk? Why Dafka Regal? See, he quotes out there at Drush. Hanukkah is about recognizing that it's not all about Gashmias. It's not all about physical Yofi. It's not all about the gymnasium in those days. That's not what we worship. We don't worship our guf. We use our neshama to worship HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? Yavon was all about the chisonius, as we know. There was no primius for them. Right? Yud Vav Nun, the letters, they have no inside because they don't believe in anything inside and spiritual. It's all outside. It's all physical. And the victory of Hanukkah tells us, no, we have to be involved in the physical world, yes, but only to an extent. Only a little bit. You have to know, you got to keep one foot out of the shuk. You got to make sure you can put one foot in the shuk. But you had, until we learned the lesson of tichle. Tichle means to be removed. Tichle regel. 
Remove one regel from the shuk. One can be in, but one's got to be in the base madrash. One's got to be in Avodas Hashem, even outside the shuk. And that's what he writes on line nine. Fascinating. The light could light up a person and bring it up. If we're totally involved in the shuk, you can't be totally shakua there. Can't be shakua there. We have to do our best to have be one leg in the shuk, like chetzil Hashem v'chetzil Hashem. Right? We have to be a little bit there, a little bit here, but recognize that we can't be shakua there. And the way that we do that is to recognize that you know life's not all about how much we have. Right? Whatever we have, right? If we are happy with what we have in our houses, then we'll be able to keep one foot in our house. We won't need to have two feet outside. We have to remember that. Uh, always keep one foot out. Okay, one other thought for today. Uh, and that's from a new safer I never quoted from before. Metikus va'arevus patora. Found that the sweetness... On the cover, it has a, the quote of the Arachayim HaKadosh from, I think, Kisavo, unbelievable quote, where he says, if we really knew the depths of a thought in Torah, then we wouldn't be able to, like, function, because we would be just in such ecstasy. We'd just be the Metikus and the Arevus. And that's where he got his name from. Anyway, he's a Rav in Yerushalayim, of Gidon Ruvain, and he quotes as follows. We start off Alanisim. It sounds very similar to those who have learned Sefer Malachim, to the ways many Prakim start. Or Yishayo, Yemiyo. In the days of such and such a king, this happened. Usually that is an introductory phrase which has nothing to do with the content of what the parak is going to talk about. It's just telling us it was during the time period of these people that the following happened. But in our story, it's all about Matas Yoko and Godobanov. So why does it give us the impression as if it's just during that time the following happened? No. They're the Iker. They were involved in the story. Right? They won the war. Why do you give that lush to be made Matisyo? Ki'ilu Matisyo, Banav Lokshurum La Mulchama Atzma, as if they're not kosher at all. Farihuk Hua Ruach Achaya, he's the one. They're the family that, that got us into it. Number one. Number two, a famous question that's asked on the Gemara and Shabbos Chafalaf by my Hanukkah. After the whole story is mentioned, the Gemara says the two words, Lashana Acheres. The following year, they enacted Hanukkah. And many ask, what do you mean Lashacheres? That year. Why they wait a year? Lashana Acheres. So he quotes an answer from the Sefer Halal Vasimcha. Um, and he starts off with a story in Sefer Shoftim. A story about one of the Shoftim, Gidon. Gidon was going to fight Midian with a number of soldiers, and Hashem kept whittling down the soldiers. Don't take this many, and this many, this many, little by little by little by little, until there are only a couple hundred left, and then he says, go down to the water, go take a drink, and whoever bowed down to get a drink, no, you're out, because that shows you do have a Zara. Whoever kneeled down and didn't bend, then those are the ones. Well, a couple, very few soldiers. How many were left? 300, right? Very few soldiers were left, and right, the last line, shlosh meodish. Why does Shem do that? Why does Shem whittle down and whittle down and whittle down until there was hardly anybody left? Because as he explains here, Hashem wants people to recognize, Hashem wants people to recognize that it was Him, capital H, 
that he was in charge of the nace. The purpose of a nace, even the purpose of teva, but the purpose of everything is for us to recognize that it was his hands. With a large army, it wouldn't have been so clear with Gidon. 300 people, it's clear, but it's all from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. That's all. This relates back to the first thought that we said uh, in today's shir about Bitachon. Kasher Adam Margish, where it's underlined, Atzmo, Chaser Yecholes V'chaser Emsaim, V'toles Kol Yavo Mitachob Hashem. If we're, if we're told everything on Hashem, that's the goal. That's the goal. Yes, they were involved, but we're emphasizing with that phrase, it's Ke'ilu, they were just backgrounds. Because it was all like Kaddish Baruch Hu. They were the props. They were the tools. But if we would have said, yeah, in the times of the second Bayesheni, Yobanov won the war. We don't even want to say that. We don't want to give the impression that the whole story was from them. Right? We even know. Right? It's famous. Maccabee. Where did Maccabee get that from? Mi, Chamocha, Ba'elam Hashem. Right? That's, they took their names reflecting the idea that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They recognize it and we do it. And Chazal wanted to make sure that B'nai Yisrael had this understanding of Hanukkah. They waited a year. They waited a year to see what were the newspapers, what were the Jewish newspapers talk about? Were they talking about Matis Yo? Or were they talking about Akadosh Baruch Hu? After a year, it was safe. Right? Halal Vahodah. Akadosh Baruch Hu, they recognize. Right? And that's, that's, um, and, and that's why it's safe to have, to have Hanukkah. You know, as we have Hanukkah, it has other applications of this uh, as well. But the Iker of Hanukkah, as we know, is to recognize that everything in our life even we do the Ishtavos. And as we started off today, we have to do the Ishtavos. Whatever level we're on, we're not on Yosef Asadik's level. We could shoot for that. We could dream about that. But ultimately, we are in the levels of doing Ishtavos. But we have to recognize that really, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is the one that is in charge and is running the, uh, running the show and pulling the strings. And the more we recognize that, we should be Zoha not only to Nisim, Bayam but also Bisman Hazet. Uh, okay, we'll stop here. Hashem, again next week. I don't know. I'm going to try to get a, a, a shear up, but I, I'm not sure because I'll be traveling. And Hashem, if not, we'll pick up with Parshas Vayechi.